So I just put a shirt on just a minute ago, um, just so, just for you guys. Oh, because I was really really hot and sweaty. Got back from the run, got out of the shower. This seems to be happening a lot now because I am slow to move in the morning. So then I'm like, oh, it's seven thirty. I have to record in an hour and a half. I got to go run, and then I go run in the shower, and then I get here, and then I'm hot and then sweaty. If it'll save you time, yeah, you, guys. you don't have to put yeah. the shirt on. Just bump the camera up so you don't see your head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll try to remember that next time. Yeah. That's Life hack. Hairy shoulders. Man, hairiest shoulders ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. Oh, the visuals. What, what you eating there? What are you eating there, Jimmy? You know, you're muted, which is polite because you're chewing. I appreciate that, but... What my client, eat? my client is calling me. <laughs> oh, um, I'm eating chile chiles, which is eggs Whoa. and and like Mexican food. Taylor makes it; it's so good. Hmm. It's so so good. sounds good. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. I'm eating. We have the rest of the blacksmith class. They're here milling out solely. Milling. There's going to be one more demo today for just a small group. Um. We had the class here started, basically started Thursday because some people came in a little early and it went so good. I couldn't huh, couldn't good. have asked for a better weekend with weather and, and with just a better group of people. It was it was awesome. We were a little nervous because we, we this time had more people than ever, 15 people, and then like five volunteers came to help and be involved. Wow. And it was such an amazing, amazing weekend. So much learning going on, so much fun. It really was just incredible. I can't say enough. And everybody seemed to have had such a great, great time. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Instagram stories, and it looks like everybody's really, really enjoyed themselves. Yeah, a lot of like little, a lot of people came and never swung a hammer before. And it was funny. We were nervous that everybody was going to not have a chance at the anvil because we only had seven, six or seven anvils. And but people swing a hammer for ten minutes and they want to go drink a coffee. They swing a hammer for ten minutes and they want to go drink a beer. So. Hmm. It worked out perfect. Everybody was circulating through the the, sh- the workshop perfectly. That's awesome. Did everybody stay at your house? Uh, no, we had people. Well, most people stayed here, <clears throat> and then we had people stay at the two bed and breakfasts that were friendly with the owners, just near my house, and then one just like about two miles away. So the guys that stayed at the Deer Watch just walked up the street to the house, and then the other guys had their own cars, and it was only like a mile away. So it was great. It worked out perfect. It worked hmm. out. I couldn't ask for, you know, like the weekend is over and everybody's happy and nobody got hurt, which is really important because everyone's swinging around red hot rods. And drinking beer. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not too much. Not, only a couple guys drank, but, you know, nobody, everybody waited till the end of the day. But it was it was a lot of fun. Like I said, I couldn't ask for a better weekend and uh, everyone's looking forward. Now, especially uh, Rory, who is the teacher, Rory did an amazing job. Now, like, we're all a little bit more <clears throat> confident going into the next one, which is going to be November ninth which is sold out nice so i'm curious about this because like from watching the instagram stories i didn't really have a clear idea of what was being taught what's the like what all is getting covered and how are you going about or how's he going about teaching that to a group of people just a hammer technique and every time rory talks everyone kind of stopped to listen but he would he would like if anybody asked a question he would turn that question into a little lesson and everybody would crowd around and and then everybody got their own little personal instruction as he would walk around we did tapers so taking a piece of material and making it into a taper and the technique and that kind of develops your hammer technique taking that and rolling that into a hook and then 
then uh, on the next day, we, we talked about how to make a leaf. So everybody experimented with making leaves and the technique of isolating a, a lump of material that's already predetermined shape so that when you hit it flat, it turns into a leaf shape. And uh, he had some clay, plasticine clay, to squish it and show you what, what you might expect from hitting the metal. And uh, then we did bottle openers. And then yesterday we did twists. So it's just an intro class to just total basic stuff. And uh, I was talking to Steve from Moonshine Metalworks who came and he was a volunteer. And we talked about potentially maybe doing a hatchet making class in the spring where basically uh, it could be a more advanced, but even with amateurs, he says we can do a two day class where people leave with a hatchet head. There's a bunch of techniques. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, so it, it went great and everybody seems really happy. And today everybody, we provided everybody the metal. So there's a lot of just, um, uh, just like regular metal, nothing complicated, and not like uh, no knife making metal. Just run of the mill steel that you get at the steel mill to make, you know, like the table you just made. Nothing complicated. Mm. Yeah. And so, and then we had forges. We had four forges. Elm City Dave came. He brought his forge and his anvil. So it was super helpful. And then uh, my buddy Mike from Long Island came. He brought his anvil. So it was great that a lot of people brought their own equipment that were close. And it worked out great. And super happy that it didn't rain because the whole area is very very muddy on thursday morning we were looking around going oh my god if this is how it's going to be and then everybody kicked into gear and got rocks and we went and got a bunch of hay and we turned the whole area into like kind of like a little farm ground just the, the rain just hasn't stopped and because i changed the whole shape of that part of the yard by putting that little extension there the water doesn't do what it used to do it used to kind of run around my workshop building and now it like runs and stops right there so we, I have to get like a landscape architect in there to figure out how to figure this out. I kind of know what I have to do, but I want to get a professional in there just to give me his opinion. Because the water just runs down my yard and just stops alongside. We, we jokingly called it Blacksmith Lake. It's like a huge puddle that's <laughs> like 30 feet long by like eight feet wide. And we were some pumping the water out of it. And then the bottom is just like, a, it's like the sooty bottom of a lake. You couldn't step on it because you'd slip right on your face. So, but we worked around it and everything worked out despite those challenges and I couldn't be more happier. So it's great. Sweet. And no one got burned and I did a lot of learning too. I, I made a lot of experiments. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. And Rory was just so amazing. And Steve and Al, with the teachers and Brett, and it was great. And uh, Jesse, Jesse uh, Jessup, Jesse Ueda came and she was awesome. She was like Taylor's sort of producer behind the scenes helping get everything organized for we everybody ate my buddy in town here he made all the snacks and the uh, and the desserts my buddy ray at chip tarnish and chorn the antique shop nearby it was a great little communal effort hmm. so i don't know that's it nothing nothing funny just good 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 times yeah and right we're going to do it again in a month and hopefully it goes just as well and it's not 20 degrees out. <laughs> uh, did you ever uh, ever get your trailer out of the mud from last week? I did. You know what I ended up having to do? Because my trailer was right at the shop. It would have completely been directly in the way. I went and got a, a hitch for the back of my Gator. It's a, it's a Polaris side-by-side. -side. It's like a four-wheeler that we use kind of as a farm tractor. And I was able to hook up the trailer with that and slowly pull it out of the mud. So now I have that to move the trailer around the, the muddy grounds. And so that's, that's how I solved that problem. I went and bought a, a trailer hitch that has a 12-inch rise on it because the bottom of the side-by-side side is almost right at the ground and the trailer hitch is almost a foot and a half higher than that so I had to go buy a specialized trailer hitch and now I'm good 
So did that just work better because the gator itself weighs less than your truck would? So it's just not sinking itself while it's trying to pull? I, I guess so. And then it also dried out a little bit. I waited till the very yeah. last possible minute. And so it was much drier by the time I pulled it out. Much Still muddy, but not like soupy mud. It was kind of like firm mud. So that, that had a lot to do with it. You know, mm. soupy mud versus firm mud. Yeah. We should do a show on that. And, and totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, well, that's cool. David, what are you been up to? Uh, so last week I put out the box joint video, and I've gotten a really, really good response on that. I would say, this is a, a bragging moment, I guess, but I would say 50% of the comments are, this is the best box joint video I've ever seen. And it, cause it's, oh, that's great. It's just a nice and quick, and it's nothing, it's it's the same box joint jig that everybody throws together and everybody's made before. I wanted to make one because I've got some projects coming up that involve box joints and just to move those videos along I needed to make this this video and I'm glad I did because it's worked out really well. Um, got a lot of people in the shop and making making box joints and sending me Instagram photos so that was really cool. And then uh, I already shot the video for this week which is a box that uses box joints and so since that what <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> uh, and since that one's already shot uh, this week we're going to start photographing a couple projects for the book so I'm excited about getting that started it's been this is something I should have done a month ago but here we are and uh, it, I think the book there's an actual due date and I think it's like at the end of the year or the beginning of the new year and there are a bunch of little projects, like all things that can be done. Mo most of them can be done within a day. So it's just, uh, I just got to start pumping them out. Sweet. That's awesome. Um, it's funny, like, so I was listening to last week's show this morning while I was running because I ran out of podcasts. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just see what we talked about. Because we had some comments from last week about the show. And I was like, well, I don't remember it being anything special or different or whatever but i went back to listen to it yeah i gotta listen because it's the same thing i'm thinking so many people kind of reacted to it i mean reading the email just came in from chai right now yeah Jeez. and you were talking about david you were talking about like spreading that out spreading the book out um and doing that work and how you you know mm -hmm. put it off and then you got started and everything are you more motivated now to like to burn through those and to like stay on it or do you feel still like you're kind of putting it off no i'm absolutely more motivated and it's all the it's all about getting started once you get the ball rolling like so i have five projects already designed in in fusion 360 so they're just they're ready to go and so once you get i think the design process even though it's one of my favorite parts of the project i think it's also the the most uh it, it's the thing that can set me back or the thing that can be stressful because it starts with an idea and right and if you don't have the idea you're kind of like oh what am, what did i get myself into but once i started drawing and sketching they just i was like oh yeah this is this is what i've been doing for four years why why was i stressing out about it and so once i got now that i have those five drawings ready to go it's the rest is easy it's just all you know stuff i've done before there's a couple new techniques i'm excited about learning and uh, I'm trying to put some of those projects with the new techniques um, up at the beginning to kind of get those get those out of the way. There's a oh yeah. There, there's a book, and I've not read the book, um, but I, uh, 
you, I think you can kind of get the idea of what the book is about from the title, but it's, um, it, shoot, it's something like, um, eat that frog or it, it's something about do the, do the, your least favorite thing at, mm. at, the, at the very beginning to get that out of the way. So if you have to eat a frog, don't put the frog off, eat the frog right away, I guess. I don't know. Somebody's going to comment. Yeah. Like, I, I read that book. <clears throat> I always approach that. If I have a project, I do the hardest part first. Yeah. Just so this way I can, I can coast to, to a nice landing. That's what I try. But then when I thought it was um, the simplest thing, it always ends up being complicated and screwed up. Is it Eat That Frog, 21 Great Ways to Stop Procrastinating and Get More Done in Less Time? That is it. Wow, I think I might need to read that book. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Um, so are you doing the projects in the same order that they're going to be in the book? No. Or does that have any bearing? Okay, so that you're doing them in what you're saying there is like the stuff you don't know how to do first, yeah. not necessarily yeah. that the book will be structured that same way. Yeah, and there might even be a few projects where um, that won't even make the book because some projects are going to take so many pages and some projects are going to take twice as many. And um, there's a... a so I'm working with a publisher and there are different thresholds for page counts. And so you want to like price thresholds for um, page counts. And so you want to stick within a certain amount. Otherwise the book is going to cost this much more. Um, in the, uh, I think it was the bandsaw box book. We had too few pages. And so we had to come up with a last minute project to add more pages to make it worthwhile to, to do all the printing. And so that's a, it's a fun game to play. So it's, it will stink if I do all these projects and something doesn't make the book. I guess I, I can just throw that up on the website or whatever. But um, and so, yeah, there's no there's no order. We have we have no idea. I'm just I'm shooting. I'm doing rough cut lines and I pass all the photographs and those rough cut lines to the publisher and they kind of turn what I've written into English. <laughs> I'm not the I'm not the best writer, so I just have to I just have to kind of give a rough idea of what's going on in the photograph, and and they they work their magic. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Um, well, you said something last week as I was listening back. You said something, and then we kind of skipped over it because it was the context of the bigger conversation. But you said you wanted to create a separate metalworking shop in your oh. yard next year? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Tell me. I don't think we've talked about that, have we? No, we have not, uh, because it was an idea that kind of just hit me last week. So in my shop, there's no room and it's not a safe place to do any kind of metalworking where there would be sparks. So uh, I the, the, I haven't done any metalworking. Uh, and the thought is if I get into it, oh, I can just wheel things out into the driveway or whatever. And we have the shed where our lawnmower is parked and the shed is mossy and old and wood is soft and, and damp and so one of these days it's got to come down and I thought well what if I tear that down um, throw in a concrete slab and then do like a, a metal shed where I could still store the lawn mower and things like that but it could also be a dedicated place to do metal working and it would be like a, a fire safe zone so um, <clears throat> that's uh, if, if budgets are um, 
where they should be or where I want them to be next spring, that that's a thing that I might have done. The only problem that might make it difficult is there's no way to get trucks into the backyard. Like there's no like so I don't know how to pour the concrete slab. It would all have to be with like four wheelers and and wheelbarrows like moving the stuff back, and I wouldn't be able to get a a shed that's pre-made. It would have to be built on site. So that's the thing that makes mm. it a little bit more difficult. Two words: concrete drone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Amazon's working on that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Need the uh, the drone that can fly over with a, a hose that just pours out concrete. Yeah. That'll totally work. Uh, I just built that that blacksmith area, and it is amazing. The one thing that's great about it is it's open to the air, which probably won't be great in the middle of the winter, but <clears throat> it got a little chilly up here this week, and the forges keep everybody warm, so everybody kind of kind of hung out near them, if they were cold, that is. But also just there was a lot of physically moving around. But the, the bigger point of what I'm trying to say is, is that having this outside space that you could bang, grind, not have any concern about, you know, setting your project from last month on fire because it's right next to where you're grinding <laughs> yeah you know or the sawdust is a pile of sawdust and you're throwing sparks 18 feet away and they're gonna like build up over there <clears throat> it was it's been great and we have we have a charcoal forge i mean a coal forge and we have like three gas forges going and everything's safely like just outside the perimeter of the shop so nothing's in the shop the breathing they call it the dragon's fire that's coming out of the end because it is about at least a foot sometimes more of you can't even stand near it because you'll literally you'll get burned instantly. Hmm. So hmm. You know, it'll safely outside the edge of the shop, and, and it's worked out great. But having the freedom to bang and do and bang and it's it's just it's really liberating as an artist. I bet. You know, I was so I've been talking this idea over with Kelly, and I'm like, well, yeah, it'll be a concrete slab, metal shed, so it's kind of a, um, a fire safe zone. And then we were watching your video, Bob, and you mentioned like don't weld on concrete because things can explode. And I, I, that was something yeah. I did not know. And Kelly's like, isn't that, aren't you going to have a concrete floor? And I was like, yeah, but I <laughs> wouldn't be welding on the floor very much. But um, is that a thing, yeah. concrete and welding? I, I, you know, I don't know, honestly, if it's a thing that actually has happened or if it's one of those theoretical things. Mm-hmm. But every time I do it, people always make a big deal out of it. And so I feel like it, if it's been brought up enough, there's probably some truth to it. I think what'll happen the, is if you heated it, like pops and chips. It'll like yeah. pop and chip. It's not gonna like explode like a car bomb under your feet, but it will like <laughs> right. pop and chip and like shoot little. You know, it could. But usually, if you're welding a piece of metal, you're there for a second. You know, it, it needs concentrated heat. And if you're welding oh, and yeah. moving things around, it's it'll be fine. But then again, if you're gonna build a shop, you want to build something that's thirty inches in the air, so you could. You know, you're not on your hands and knees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to be welding down like that for too long. It's not comfortable, not sustainable. And, like, the only reason I am I was doing that in that case is because it was so big. The table was so big. Like, I don't have a table area that large. So, you know, and like I mentioned in that, too, just I think you're safe when you put a little bit of heat there when you just tacking things together as long as you don't stay in one place. Or if you put some sort of a... Uh, you know, a heat sink in between you and the concrete. Just put a piece of aluminum or another piece of steel that's going to grab some of the heat and just dissipate it a little bit. I think you'd be fine. Yeah. But that's my opinion, and I don't really know if it's true or not. <laughs> yeah, you'd be fine. I mean, in all the time I've ever welded, I've never seen cement pop or chip. And you know, we have this cement floor out in the in the blacksmith shop, and all weekend long we've been dropping super hot metal on the ground. You know, not 
not always intentionally. You know, things get fall out of the tongs or whatever. And it's it's been totally fine. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's part of me that stuff like that, um, I don't know if it's really that big of a deal, but it seems easier to curb the comments ahead of time and just give the warning, like a just-in-case kind of thing in the video. Mm. But I, I've gotten into the habit of doing more and more of that, where I'll do something wrong in a video and then I'll get enough comments about it that make me go like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I am wrong. And so the next time I do it, I'll try to throw that in as a warning just... Partially to keep people from saying it a thousand times, but also just because... I know, just heard you I mean, say, I maybe I, I am wrong. Every, you said, maybe I am wrong, but in your mind I heard you say, I know I'm not, though, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I if, you know, I don't know everything, so maybe, maybe I was wrong and I didn't know it. That's cool. So, yeah. Anyway, um, so I have kind of an interesting week. I My kids have been on fall break, so you may hear them stomping above me throughout this episode, sorry. Um, but they have a spring, like like we had spring break growing up, they have a fall break as well. So they have a week off in the middle of fall. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Seems wow. weird to me. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but so last Monday when we recorded, that afternoon, or maybe that morning or something, they left to visit some friends a couple hours away. They went and saw some people for a couple of days. And so I had a couple of days of, you know, like families out of town. I can work all the time and work late and everything. And it was funny because... I think I've talked about this before, but every time that happens, I think like, all right, this is my chance to be hyper productive and like, I'm going to just get after it, you know, cause I don't have any responsibility. And then at about like nine o'clock at night, I'm just like, man, I don't want to go to bed. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Like, I don't care. But it, it was interesting though, <clears throat> cause I did try to take advantage of, you know, having that time and I went around the house and like looked at some kind of home projects that need to be done not necessarily video things but just stuff that i haven't gotten to and so i did a bunch of those type of things and then started looking at the the projects that will come out over the next two months and i was trying to plan ahead and be like what can i do now just to lay some groundwork to get ahead you know things like that and i have this flooring section in our house i've laid hardwood floor in, in a lot of it and there's an entryway that's in between two rooms. Okay, so you have the front door comes in one wall. You walk. There's a solid wall to the right. And then the other two walls are entryways into other rooms. Okay, and so it's boxed in. And Jenny wanted herringbone floor in this room. And I've watched a bunch of videos about how to do herringbone floor. And I've been looking at this room for well over a year going, one of these days... I'm going to do that, you know, because it's, it's such a hassle. Um, and the wood that I have that I've used for the rest of the house, they're not like the same length boards. For herringbone, you have, all the boards have to be exactly the same. They have to be, their length has to be a multiple of their width so that when you stack them up that it, it evens out and stuff. And so I've just been putting it off. And so finally, I, th I said, well, I'm going to take the first step. I'm going to cut down the boards for this, you know, like the, it's, it's weird. It's confusing to say, but like the center section of the room, all the boards are the same length. And then around the edges, you have to cut them short to fit, you know, and you have to put an angle on each one of them to run into the wall. And so I did the first step and I cut down, I think 200 pieces of wood with a stop block all to the same length. And that should be about the right number to cover the center of this room. 
And so then I was like, all right, well, the next step, I got all these cut in a relatively short amount of time. I'm like, cool. The next step is to put a tongue, this is tongue and groove flooring, to put a tongue or to put a groove on the two cut ends that I just cut. All right, because the way that these pieces have to fit together, you, you don't want a left or a right piece. So you have to put a groove on each end so that you can put them down in either orientation. So I go to look at my um, router bits and I don't have a slot cutting bit that would work for that. I could do it with a table saw, I know that, but I just didn't want to, I didn't want to do that many cuts in that orientation. I just felt really unsafe. I'd rather put it into a router. <coughs> so I didn't have the bit. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm paused there. I'll order the bit. So I go to Amazon, you know, nine o'clock at night, ordering the bit. I'm like, all right, let's go on to the next thing in the list. And I started another project. And, oh, don't have the thing that I need. Got to order that. Order it on Amazon. Go to the next project. Oh, Knock don't have down. the order. Knock it go down. To the, no. Yeah, I'm ordering stuff. I'm not getting anything done whatsoever. <laughs> but it, it turned into that for a couple of days where I was like, all right, cool. I can be productive. Except that I have to order this part. Okay, I'll, go, I'll move on to the next one while I'm waiting on that. And it was just that over and over and over. And so, I mean, it is being productive, but it was really weird. And a little disheartening to be like, I have all this free time, except that I have to wait. And then, and then my car started overheating. The Land Cruiser started overheating. So I got to look for it, uh, try to figure out what's going on there. And I think the thermostat was just bad, which is not a big deal. $20 part, easy to replace. So I order that. And I'm stuck at the house. I can't even go to Lowe's or wherever <laughs> to get stuff because, <laughs> because my wife has the van. Anyway, it was interesting. Um, and it put off a lot of stuff throughout the week. And I guess the it was kind of frustrating, but the cool thing about it was that, you know, Josh and I, through the rest of the week, were, were stuck on a few things, so we started more things. And so now, there's I have this list in front of me, and there's seven projects in progress to some degree, which is kind of cool, because now everything, there's at least a little bit of forward momentum on a lot of things. Um, and, yeah, so, anyway, I... I hope that pretty soon a whole bunch of stuff is going to start happening and a lot of these things are going to move along really quickly. Um, but I worked on my R2-D2. I know you guys don't care about, but it's a gigantic project when you really no, look at it's it. it's a huge accomplishment. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you do that. I mean, you know, finish that project. There's so much um, work to Yeah, it, there is. And I got to make my own R2-D2 too. Do you know I'm making my own R2-D2? <laughs> I remember you talking about it. Yeah. yeah. I got to work. Hold on, let me write that on my list. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I really gotta write this thing. You had, yeah, you had like an idea for it, right? Yeah. That was like something unique. Yeah, yeah. I want to see it. I'm really writing it down. I'm not kidding. So I did the frame for this thing. So I, I know you don't care, but I'm going to tell you anyway. The the way that this thing is frame. Oh, sorry. What were we saying? The way that the the whole thing is built out is there's a an internal frame that gets completely hidden. Then there's frames kind of inside the legs. Then the whole thing is wrapped in skins. Then there's a dome that goes on top of it. And you can do all of those pieces out of different materials. Like you can do any of them out of any of these four or five different methods. And so everybody does their own version. And it's really cool to look through uh, some of the forums about how people choose or why people choose to use a certain material for like, you know, MDF or uh, plywood for the frame. Uh, The skins are usually styrene or aluminum, the dome is styrene or aluminum, or you can 3D print all of the parts and put them together. I mean, there's a bunch of different ways to do it all. And so I I ended up doing styrene for the frame, 
and some really awesome people sent me CNC files ready to go to cut the frame out, which was amazing, and it saved a huge amount of time. So I cut all those, got the entire frame for this thing put together. I, I thought this was like, okay, I'll be working on the frame for a few weeks. I put the entire frame together in about two and a half hours, and it's done. And it's like, wow, there's the trunk. You know, there's the, the torso of this thing is now complete and just sitting there. And so I got this huge jump ahead in a project that I thought was, it's still going to take a really long time, but I thought the first step was going to take a really long time. And so that part's done. And, um, so it, it was funny after a week of having all these things get put off and think like, you know, I'm not really making a lot of progress on this or this or this. And then all of a sudden it's like R2D2 is like way further along. And so that was really gratifying and it's cool just to see this thing sitting there that didn't, exist before you know and, and now it's going to be in progress and it's just going to evolve as i get more done on it is there a i mean outside of george lucas is there a pioneer of our two d2 builders who kind of like set the path um there's i don't think there's a specific purpose person but there's a group of people so there's this astromech.net which is like the official builders club and this club has tons and tons of people in it and it's a community effort it has been over the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years or whatever to get the processes down. And there are definitely some people who stand out uh, within that group who have done like an exceptional amount of work, you know, as far as making plans and giving them back to other people to use. But it really is a community effort of people figuring out stuff over and over. Like people are constantly creating new files that are more more precise or easier to put together or you can use it you know you can build this one with just a jigsaw hmm. or whatever so yeah it's a bunch of people and the funny thing is that like the original robot for the movie was not i mean they made multiples and for with different ways but like they didn't make it to be repeatable or they didn't make it to do everything that it does in the movie a lot of it's special effects a lot of it's just faked and so these people who are making figuring out how to make this thing you know, they're making in stuff the that world. never ever was done. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they're yeah. like you know taking all these special effects shots from different parts of the movie and making all those things happen at one time. Whereas in the movie, they had ten different droids. Each one did one thing. Right. And the same thing for like the BB-8 that you always you know joked about the ball rolling around getting yeah. poop under his hat. Like in the <laughs> actual movie, that, that was you saw a combination of a puppeted version. Uh, a CG version, you know, like one with uh, that's remote controlled to a point. And so none of the ones that they actually used did all the things, but people have made a real one, multiple ones that do all of those things. It's, it's amazing just to see how people can take an idea that's fantasy and just turn it into an actual yeah. with enough really time complicated and people, thing. You could actually yeah. make it real. Can I ask you, do you happen to know where the... Uh, I've been to Industrial Light and Magic, and I don't remember seeing the R2-D2 there, but do you know where, like, the original 20 or 50 are? Uh, have they been sold into private hands? I, or? I, I don't know. I would imagine they have the crazy archive. Like, Lucasfilm has this archive with all sorts of stuff, and I'm sure most of them are there, but yeah. some of them probably got sold off. I don't really know. No. Has there ever been, is there, is there, when is there, I mean, there must be a convention where all the R2-D2 nerds get together and drive them around? Well, I mean, anytime that there's a get together, 
they the clubs like the local kind of regional clubs will come and bring all of their droids so every maker fair has a bunch of them there yeah there was i any, saw some last week when we were there yeah any anytime there's a star wars convention like there's one a big one called celebration it's like the official big one that happens every two years and there will usually be a room at this convention center with 50 or 100 of these droids just rolling around so it's crazy. There's just a lot, <laughs> a lot of noise, a lot of bleeps and bloops. In the in the ver- the first one made a new hope when they go to the junkyard to buy uh, uh, the R two unit. There's one that looks like a trash can that's just painted. Is it? Do you, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? It's like like the restaurant yeah. trash can with like a, a flap. It looks like they just painted it. Do you know if there's a story of th- that's actually a trash can? Probably is. <laughs> You're talking about it, it's like a big rectangle with legs sticking out of the bottom. I think of it, so. I think so. Yeah, that's called a gonk droid because it just goes gonk. <laughs> it's like the noise that it makes. Hmm. But uh, people, I don't know like how they made it originally, but people make it by taking two um, Rubbermaid containers, like the sealable ones, yeah. and just putting one on top of the other, and that's basically. The <laughs> shit. So there's a lot of costumes of like okay. kids walking around inside these little boxes and just making the sound. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, but the point of all that was that it was frustrating at the beginning of the week. I thought I would have all this free time, and and everything kind of halted. And then all of a sudden, stuff started ramping up. And and now all of those projects on this list in front of me are moving ahead at the same time. Oh, yeah, that's it. It's totally too... Things stuck together. (laughs) It looks like two two, uh, coolers that are made out of pressed polyfoam. You know, the the foam Oh, yeah, like styrofoam coolers. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe as an inspiration, though, and they took it further. That's cool. But so you know, I'm uh, I've gotten a lot done, and then over the weekend, this was kind of cool. Um, so we started talking about going. We take our kids. Well, let me start over. We took our kids to that Star Wars convention a couple of years ago. The next one's going to be in Chicago in April, and so we were talking to the kids about like this time would you like to have a costume? Like we could all get costumes and go to this thing together. It'll be fun. And, you know, and then there's part of me that's like, that means I have to make four costumes or six costumes (laughs) or whatever. So they all decided that they wanted to have uh, a Boba Fett costume, that style. And the cool thing about that is that it's one costume that we can make four times and they could paint it individually and, you know, they can be unique. But basically it's all the same costume. So this weekend we, um, I downloaded templates for these armor files we got all the kids in the shop, and we got all working on it at the same time. And that was the first time we've really done that. I've always tried to get the kids down there when I can, but it's it's too much for me to try to wrangle all four of them. There it has been in that space because I'm always worried somebody's like you know gonna reach over and turn something on when they shouldn't, which actually happened. It was a little scary, but you know it's just hard to keep track of all four of them. And now they're starting to get older to where they can make better decisions a little bit by themselves. So the cool thing was we had all four of them down there, and um, I had printed out all the templates for everybody's armor. It was just pieces of paper. And then we had these sheets of, like, a expanded PVC foam. It's like a, it's like a sheet, but it's pretty soft. You know, you can cut it with a knife. And so we all worked together to trim out with uh, X-Acto knives to trim out the pieces. And then we used glue sticks to all stick them down and try to, you know, teaching them about being efficient with material and trying to get things as close as possible so we don't waste a lot. And we were down there 
on Saturday from about noon to maybe four or five, it went way longer than I thought it would. It lasted and they were good and they were engaged and they were helpful and the kids were all using the uh, the scroll saw to cut these pieces out and you know like we would somebody was cutting a piece they would hand it to the next person who would peel off the the template and clean it and the next person would write the name of what it was and whose it was on the back of it and we had this cool little assembly line like yeah. and it was so awesome like Trying I had to such develop a good some time. products yeah <laughs> seriously yeah. Um, but it was it was really cool and I think what the reason that worked I've been trying to think about it over the weekend. I think because they like they were invested in it. That was something for them. And I I didn't want to make all these for them. I wanted them to be a part of it and, you know, do as much of the work as they can. Obviously, I know there's some limits there, but but I think it's really different than like, "Hey, come down to the shop with me and help me do this thing that I'm already doing." Like they were super motivated to go down there and take instruction and to learn about it because they were going to walk out with this costume that they wanted. And so that was really cool. Um, and we had a really good time and, you know, they're, they're really motivated about it. And then through that conversation, we got to talking, my wife and I got to talking about some costumes that she would want to do for the same event. She needs one too, if we're all going to dress up. So we found one that she likes and it's incredibly complicated. Lots of 3d printing, lots of finishing, lots of painting, lots of like costume work with like beads and fur and all this crazy stuff. Three CPO. Yeah, that one. Darth Darth Rupio, yeah. <laughs> but the cool thing about it? it is, like, she is she's what three CPO what? is that it? C three PO. C three. That's what I said. Three CPO. No. Yep. C three PO. My point is, <laughs> my wife is motivated to do this too, and it's a chance for like for her to learn the 3D printing end of things so that she can get the pieces to then start putting this whole thing together to do the finishing and the painting and stuff. And anyway, it's like, I know a lot of people aren't into costumes. I'm not really into costumes that much, honestly, but it's been kind of cool over this past weekend that something like that has different costumes within the same kind of area have given everybody in my family the motivation to be invested enough to make a thing and to learn some new skills along the way so that they end up with a thing that they can then, you know, play with or, or go out and put on. And I, that's, I don't know, that's really cool. And it's been motivating in a way that I, I didn't really expect it to be. So that's it. No, I, I understand what you're saying because there are times, and they're rare, people think it happens every day, but they're, it's a very rare occurrence when me and Taylor are together in the shop doing something with the same focus. And when it happens, it's really nice. But she's always so focused on her own thing and so am I on my own thing that once in a while we get together and we're like, oh, we should do this more often. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing. It's usually something for the house or, you know, we get through it without getting into an argument and that's the best part about it. Yeah. I'm kidding, but I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's... Usually it's always like the color of something. I'm like, oh yeah, of course we're going to make a black. It's like, no, 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 it has to be purple. What? <laughs> no, 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 it has to be, you know, it's, it's like something as stupid as that. We had, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but when we first got married, we butted heads on paint colors so much. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm that much of a prideful person, but there was something about me that was like, I know color better than you do. I went to art school. I listened through color theory classes. Like, 
not that opinions are my opinions are better. I'm not saying that, but like when you compare two colors or you put two next to each other, I felt like I had a pretty good handle on like what technically went together versus what she thought. No, you don't. And <clears throat> I don't. You're exactly right. I don't. That's <laughs> the point. Well, no, it's not that. It's just that like I I had like this false security about it and it used to cause so much trouble these arguments over paint color and we don't argue about things like we don't fight but that was like this tension point with us and uh our first first two whatever you want i said don't even ask well and that's where i ended up going like we when we were moving into our last house like before we moved in i said look you know that I don't like these certain colors. You know that I would never put purple on a wall, or you know what I like. I would like for you to take me into consideration, but I will have zero input in paint colors from now on. This is your thing. You love me, so I hope, I, you know, I'm trusting that you will be kind to my opinions, but, like, this is up to you, and I will be perfectly okay with whatever you put on the walls. And that was one of the best decisions I've ever made <laughs> in my entire life. She, uh, she, I would recommend that for in, anybody. <laughs> Ta- no, Taylor will come in with like 10 swatches from like Benjamin Moore and she'll be like, let's let's do some color thinking. And I just said, nope. I go, whatever you pick, whatever <laughs> nope. it's going to be, I do not care. Oh, well, I want you to care. I'm like, no, because it doesn't matter. Anything I say, you're going if to, I, if, if I pick this color and even though you picked it, you'll go, oh, no, I just brought that as a throwaway color. And that's the color I'll pick. So I said, don't even bother. Yeah. Don't just do what you want. I don't care. Just do what you want. I think it for me it totally was a pride thing. Like I I can tell in myself, especially with my wife, that like if she asks me a question, there's part of me that sees, well, she thinks I have some sort of a like the right answer or, you know, my opinion is really important in this. All she wants is you to say, Yes, I like the color you chose. Well, no, I don't think it's that, but like she's asking opinion she's asking a question. Not her, but people ask questions a lot of time as a sounding board, not necessarily because they want you to give them the answer. And that's where I, I got found myself getting caught up is like, I thought she was asking me, which of these two colors do you want? As in like, tell me what we're going to pick. And she was just saying like, you know, can you put your, your opinion in the hat? And so like my pride was saying like, oh, well, she's asking me for the authoritative answer. So I'll give her the authoritative <laughs> answer. And that's totally not what was happening. And so like it just, you know, it made a lot more sense long term for me to be like, you know, this is really not that important to me. So my opinion really shouldn't matter a whole lot. And if it does, I'll certainly speak up and I'll say like, that's way too pink or way too barf colored or whatever. But that's a color. You know, typically that's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. There is every color at the paint store. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to talk about anything today. Uh, time's up. Talk about Time anything? is up. Time's up. Well, we got about it's it's we're like forty two minutes in. Let's do one because there's one interesting thing that was sent through uh, from Josh Luther somewhere. Where did where did it go? Where did it go? On Patreon. Would you watch your own YouTube videos if you didn't make them? The guys at Good Mythical Morning or on Ear Biscuits podcast were talking about this and wondering what your answers would be. This is kind of interesting to me. This is something that I've always thought about, even before YouTube, like when it was music or art or anything. And um, to, I don't, and I never actually know. I think part of me would 
look at my older videos and think i don't like that guy <laughs> i don't want to watch his videos and and i understand i think the videos i make now I, I would what i ask myself a lot more is i put myself in an actual person's shoes where i'm like i wonder what bob would think of this video or i wonder what jimmy would think of this video or when it was music it was like i wonder what this friend would think of of this song and so i i definitely put myself in other people's shoes more than me looking outside as myself in the videos a lot more and um it's a really good question because if you say no then you're not you're doing something you're doing something wrong so uh, these days i would like my videos I th i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure well, I, I personally don't like wasting anybody's time. So like when I'm with somebody, I get right to the point. Or if I if I engage somebody at the store, I go, I need this is exactly what I need. Could you just point in the right direction? I'll find it on that side of the store. Is it on the left side of the store or the right side of the store? I don't need them to bring me right to it. I just want to like kind of just give me a general area so I make sure I at least. So get into that area. The point I'm making is I don't like wasting anybody's time. And I don't like anybody wasting my time. So... I feel like that's why I make my videos the way I do. And the end of the story is I would definitely watch my videos because I'm not wasting anybody's time. Mm. Like when I see somebody get right to the point or get right to the funny without a, a big setup, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. How many that's, YouTube that's videos do you watch language. where you skip the first 45 seconds or 60 seconds because you want to get to the thing, right? Oh yeah, quite a bit. I mean that you know again that was my motivation from the from the start was to just jump right into it mm -hmm. and not waste anybody's time uh, because I felt like my time got wasted considerably watching other people's videos. Like, well, today we're going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this, and then in the next ten minutes we're going to get out there. And we're going to do this. And we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about it. Let's go talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> just talk straight away about it and get right to the demo open the video on the demo let's get to it mm -hmm. so i would definitely watch my videos for that reason see I, I think there's like two things here at least two things that <clears throat> when I, I try to answer that i think about it in a couple of different ways so i like the pace of my videos like the construction of the video itself i would watch um i would watch the ones that have to do with my interests. So like when I uh, when I compare the last few videos of my own, I did one that was a Transformers build and I would watch that because it's of an interest that's, you know, like something I'm interested in and I would watch it for the sake of seeing how it tickled my fancy, right? And then the other one is a table <clears throat> and an outdoor table. I wouldn't watch somebody else's outdoor table because I would go make my own outdoor table that fit my situation, which is what I did. I didn't go watch anybody else's video. I made that one. and I. So it's kind of weird because I can say yes and no for different reasons, but that's also why I make those videos. I don't, I, I would make it, like I made a table video because I knew it's something that would apply to a lot of people. A lot of people need tables. Nobody needs a Soundwave boombox, <laughs> but I made that one because it's something that I wanted to make, and so I don't know. Like I don't make those those two different videos for the same reason. I make those intentionally for different people. I guess ones for me and ones for other people, and 
the tendency for me to watch those videos is almost opposite of why I made them, I guess. I don't know. But, and, and at the same time, like I make, uh, the bits videos are all really high level knowledge about a small subject. I wouldn't watch that because I don't need that, but I'm not making that for me. I'm making it for people who are in a place where they, they haven't learned that stuff yet. So I guess what I'm saying is even if you don't, if there's a reason you wouldn't watch your own videos, if the reason is content or, uh, you know, skill level or something, I don't think it's a bad thing because you are not necessarily your own audience. If it's, if you wouldn't watch your video because of pacing and because of structure, then maybe that's a different problem or maybe that is a problem. Yeah. I don't know. What do, you, do you have any thoughts about that? I, I as far as pacing and, and structure, have you ever made a video, like, like go back into your earlier days, you ever make a video and you watch it and you think it's perfect. And then I've had times where like either the video's published or I had friends over and I'm showing them the, the video that's about to be published. And when you sit down with somebody else to watch your video, you watch your video in a completely different headspace hmm. and i'm so totally. and i'm so embarrassed or i'm like oh i need to make this part faster or that doesn't you, need you to gotta be go there. oh i was having a hard time yeah. right there you gotta explain it like i'm not yeah. gonna have to be there when a stranger watches it shut up yeah <laughs> yeah and so if you've if you've ever done that and i and i think and that goes back to like i would uh that goes back to my music days as well like i would write record the song and i think it's okay this is it and then you sit with somebody and you listen to the song and all you do is you pick up pick it apart and you're like oh i'm i'm embarrassed by it and so mm. um i don't know if there's a way to um if, if you have a a within your within your house if you have like a, a feedback system where you can watch videos with somebody else maybe that will help you get to the the finish line faster that's a good point i hadn't thought about that i i guess i've had forby has been editing the videos for so long now like three years or something that by the time i see them like i'm not i'm not in the editing process from the beginning so that by the time i see it it is at like 95 97 percent and so when i see it i see a few things that i would change like i always cut the intro a little bit shorter than he does, like a little bit tighter. Um, a, lot, a lot of times there's sequences that I had pre-envisioned as being like really quick and he's drawn them out, so I'll compress them a little bit more, whatever. And so I get to be, I guess I get to be that that post-watch that you're talking about there mm -hmm. rather than the, mm -hmm. the, the first process. So maybe it's a little different because I'm not from the ground up building it, you know, and seeing like feeling like I've already done all the work, which is kind of what you're saying. Like you you feel like you did everything ahead of time until you watch it. I get to be that sounding board. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, this uh, this also, applies to like if you're making videos or if you're making furniture. Like, you, I mean, you can show mm -hmm. you can show that piece of furniture to a, a family member or, or a friend and kind of get that that feedback that you're looking for. Yeah. That's true. Again, and it's always yeah. hard to not point out the the big mistakes in there too. You know, like oh yeah, I didn't have the right tool, or I I, I tried to cover this up. You know, like I actually meant to make it look good. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 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 Huh. Well, that's interesting. I, I would like to hear if anybody else makes stuff 
uh, create uh, like uh, uh, videos or otherwise. Like uh, it would be interesting to know. Like, would you buy your own furniture that you're selling? Would you listen to your own podcast that you're producing? Because I, it, to be honest, I don't always listen. Go back and listen to this show, but when I do. I usually enjoy it. I do skip through a lot of things because I'll remember a conversation that like, a, I don't really need to <laughs> like last week's I was listening to Jimmy talk about all of his mistakes or not mistakes, but all the bad stuff that happened at the beginning of, you know, like your yeah. week. Yeah. And I, I started skipping forward cause I was like, Oh yeah, I remember this story. And I skipped forward 30 seconds <laughs> and then again and again and I'm again. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. This story shorter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. My point is like, I remembered it all and I just, I was, it was really funny cause I was just like found myself skipping through and I looked at the time and I'm like, wow, man, he had a lot going on. Skipping over like, next time I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant to be more funny. Anyway. I do think, like funny. I, I think my goal is different than than maybe what your goal is, Bob. Where you're trying maybe if this this higher level of, of teaching, where I think my videos, I kind of want people who like my videos to watch every single video, no matter what the subject's about, almost like watching uh, a TV show, like a home building show or a house flipping show. Like you're never gonna flip a house. But you watch it because you're you like the visuals, you're entertained by it, and so I want my videos to be the same way. So, you know, next week we're making a, a, a box that, that holds a bottle of wine for a gift. Ninety percent, ninety-five percent of my users are not going to make that, but I want a hundred percent of my followers to, to, to at least be entertained by it, maybe pick up a tip from it. You know? Yeah, makes sense. Cool. Um, anything else on that? Hmm. We have well, more questions that we won't do this week, but we have. Some but I, I, if I would, oh, I would honestly, I, I would absolutely watch. Well, I meant to say absolutely instead of honest. I'm sorry. I said the wrong word. I'm sorry. What I meant to say was, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 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 I wasted everyone's sorry. time. What I, <laughs> I would actually watch my videos because those are the, I edit to excite myself. Like lately, like more most recently, I did a an opening for my next vlog, which I haven't had a chance to edit because uh, the class and people are here. But the opening of that's got me so excited and I can't wait to show it to people. It's just simple. It's just this guy playing the drums. I think I talked about him last week. And it's just a cool guy, just quirky, super talented guy that just like bangs on stuff in the street. And I'm excited because his music is like perfect to my sped up stuff. And I'm putting these little sequences together and I'm, and I'm watching and I'm going, I would totally watch this if I didn't know me. Totally mm. watch this. Mm. Not Isn't that fun? Consciously, but but because I get excited and and if I'm like fiddling around, I'm like, oh, let me go watch that opening again. Like then I know, I know that I'm hitting the mark. So I would watch my stuff for sure because I'm so clever. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so clever. <laughs> but you, when you when you find that thing that makes your videos better, and you know, like this is working or this is going to work, that's a really really good feeling. You know, like there, there are there are moments though, like when you make a table base exactly how the client wants it, and everybody in the world hates it. You just go, you know what? If I never look at that video again, it really doesn't exist. And all the comments, <laughs> if I never read any of the comments about how I ruined the slab, it never, it, it won't exist anymore. So that happens too. Hmm. Like I watch the edit, I'm like, oh, I love this, and the popular opinion is like, you've ruined that table by putting a steel square under it. Hmm. I go, oh, I guess I'll never watch that video again, and it won't exist. Can I, uh, uh, I, I, I yes. want to clear something up. 
And so this was a question. I don't know if it was via email or Twitter, um, but somebody asked us a while back, is there anything that you're embarrassed about or wish you could take back? I forget what the exact question was. And there is one thing in one video that I wish I would have done different or just not done it at all. And it's a video that gets um, a decent amount of views because it's a table saw sled video. And there's a point where I am making the runners for the table saw sled and I need to, so they're sitting in the, um, the tracks on the table saw and they need to be raised up a little bit so the runners don't bottom out. And so the, the normal trick everybody uses is they put pennies in there and that, that'll raise them up a little bit. And as I'm putting pennies in there, one of the pennies is a Canadian penny. And this is when Eric was filming me at the old shop. And I'm like, I take that penny. I'm like, oh, this is worthless. And I throw it. And in my, <laughs> so, but here's the thing. In my head, the joke was Canadians, uh, Canada has phased out the penny. And mm. so in my head, this is worthless because Canada doesn't use pennies anymore. And I threw it. They have a better healthcare system than us. They have so many things that are better than us. That's a (laughs) whole other podcast. Um, And there are so many comments of like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Canadian and I'm not never going to watch your videos again because, because you're making fun. And I was like, and I've, um, I've left them all live there, but I've tried to reply to every one of them saying this was the actual joke. I like I respect that Canada has phased out the penny. We need to do the same. I'm sorry the joke didn't come across. So that's one thing mm. I would like to remove. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I've got lots of stuff I would like to remove. Something like that. But <clears throat> like I said, if you just don't ever look at it again or think about it again, you've removed it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not really how that works jimmy <laughs> pretty sure cool well um what you guys been watching anything anything oh. new anything cool i found anything? a new youtube channel that i absolutely love and it probably has no interest to most of our viewers but i love it and it's a music based channel his, his name is his, the channel's name is henny the business h-e-n-n-y-t-h-a business and um, he's a music producer who's worked with like huge names. So he, there's a lot of, there's a lot of music YouTube channels out there where people are telling you how to use software, how to do different things, but they're just people in, in a, uh, in a home studio. And maybe they don't have all the experience of working with artists. And this guy, he has the knowledge and he does everything. All his music is produced on an iPad. Even like these, these, when he works with big names, he works on the iPad, which is so cool. And he's got an awesome personality. Like, like his energy is really good and his knowledge is phenomenal. And it's, I love it. I love it. Huh. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Check that out. What you got, Jimmy? Uh, do you guys remember, and I hope I say her name right, Tamar, Tamara, Tamara? Is that, I don't know if that's a name or, or what? Oh, Tamara. Three yeah, by three yeah, custom. Yeah, yeah Tamara's mm-hmm. the name, right? Yep. Three, three by three custom. She's been doing really great. We met at at uh, Workbench Central Con. What where, where, where do we meet? <laughs> <laughs> you need you need more words in there. there needs to <laughs> Workbench Con. <laughs> Workbench Con Tabletop Conference. Yeah. Workbench yes. Conference Maker Atlanta Meetup YouTube event. Um, Nailed it. 
Yep, that was it. And uh, anyway, she, I'm super impressed by her progress. I think she was not the type of person that grew up in a workshop. And she just, every one of her videos just seems to grow and grow and grow and grow as far as her skill set. And she's doing pretty good. Um, she's got 37,000 subs. I'm just, I just looked her up just to make sure I said her name right. And and Taylor keeps checking out her stuff. Taylor's like, wow, she's doing really good. And, you know, she's another girl in the makerspace. And, and she's just killing it. So go check her out. Three by three custom. Sweet. And she grew up in my hometown. So when we met, we kind of had like a little bit of a kinship about where we grew up. Right on. Um, I had mine and I lost it. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen uh, Captain Disillusion on YouTube? No? No? Okay. So I've seen, I've heard this name several times through different people. A lot of uh, education science friends of mine always mention this name. And I never looked him up. And then I started seeing him in Recommended. And it's this, the dude has like, like, I don't know his whole shtick yet, but the bottom half of his face is painted silver. I'm looking at him now. <laughs> so, like, his nose down is silver on his face. And his whole thing, I think, is, like, kind of myth-busting, like, pointing out things that are not real in other people's videos. And anyway... It, I watched a couple of his videos the other night and they're pretty interesting because he does tons of special effects and so a lot of times he will use his his effect knowledge to point out that other people are using effects to try to prove to make things look real on YouTube when they're not and that's not all he does but that's a big part of what I've seen so far and so anyway one of the ones I really enjoyed recently was his it's Captain D's definitive guide to trick shots and so he talks about how all these trick shot videos are not all of them, but how a lot of them are done and they're faked and he'll show you like he'll fake them to show you how it's done. It's pretty interesting. Kind of makes you second guess a lot of the stuff you've seen. Um, it's also really weird to see this guy with like a silver half face, but that's like his character. I don't know. He's like, I don't know. Sometimes he flies out of space and lands on <laughs> earth and then does the thing. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Watch um, There's so much prep for every video with the, with the, the makeup. Yeah, oh, I don't man. know how he does it. Subscribed. Anyway, so it's uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, pretty good stuff. You guys don't know this, but I put my beard on for every video that I do. Every time we get together for the podcast, I go in my bathroom, I put my beard on. Yeah, take some spray spray adhesive on your face, and like rub your dogs all over your face. You do. Did you guys know a really good you know job that of stuff coloring that, it right there too, right? Uh, that, yeah, yeah. I put the extra gray in it just because just to match my hair. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when you see someone that's sixty and they have like a jet black beard, <laughs> like they have black grease on their face. Did you guys know that uh, I'm going to, maybe I should save it for the after show. No, I'll tell you now. Ooh, no, But uh, during the show making it, they said, they go, Jimmy, your, your baseball, the very first couple of days of your baseball hat covers your eyes. You're going to need to take your baseball hat off. I'm like, oh, I don't like flying, you know, bald spot out. It's, you know, it's kind of annoying because you're going to put the camera right on my bald spot. And so the uh, the makeup girl goes, Oh, you know, we got that stuff that used to be on the TV commercial. We could spray your ball spot, and you know, in a TV setting, it'd just be flashy. Nobody will even notice. And so uh, she would spray my bald spot for the first couple of days, and then I'd put my hat on and put like a white line across my bald spot head spray. And then they'd be like, "Oh, she's like, I gotta fix that." You know, between shots, I put my hat on because I'm so insecure about my head. And she eventually, uh, they they came back after like the first week of shooting. They're like, Jim, you could you could put your hat back on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but Shay, the makeup artist, she was really sweet, and, and, and sadly she passed away since the show. She, oh. she got Ooh. sick, but uh, Shay was so sweet. Shay um, would spray the back of my head, and she'd walk around with like a little like spritzer. She's like, oh, honey, and even though I had my hat on and off, she would always spray it. She's just in case, just in case. So Shay was always taking care of my bald spot. Hmm. Yeah. I'm selling really? a Duresta branded version of head flocking. I'm working on it. Now. <laughs> head flocking. Head flocking. Oh, man. <laughs> Sawdust flavored. Uh. All right. <laughs> let me thank our, our Patreon supporters real quick before we go. Um, especially Wise Old Dal, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, Nick Ryan, Caleb Harris, Maker and Training, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, who we met at uh, Maker Fair. They were awesome. And Make, Build, Modify. So big thanks to them and everybody else who supports us on Patreon. We've had a lot of turnover on Patreon. <clears throat> it's been really interesting. A lot of people have changed their support down, uh, but we've had a whole lot of new people, and it all evens out, and that's awesome. So thank you and welcome to the new people who are helping us out over there. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash making it, and we would appreciate it because we don't have sponsors, and it pays for stuff, and gives us a, a really good solid reason to show up every Monday morning and do this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. We got any secret stuff for the after show? Hmm. Oh tons. Oh. Oh all right. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. I think I think he's lying, but let's do it. <laughs> Alright. Um yeah, if you're a Patreon supporter, go listen to the after show. And if you're not, we will see you next week. Thank you. Love you. Bye. 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 <laughs>